Hello. Let me tell you a little bit about the background to this podcast first. My name is Ronan. I'm six foot one. I weigh about 115 kilograms. I'm bald. I got a big beard. And I'm generally pretty big, not gonna lie. I tower over a lot of people, and those I don't tower over, I'm usually just heavier than them. The other day in class, we were talking about first impressions. And I was asking students had they ever made an incorrect first impression. And one student came up with the best answer I've ever heard. And she said, yeah, with you. And I laughed. And then she said, when I first saw you, Ronan, I thought you were going to be a terrible and scary teacher. Someone who shouts a lot. Someone who makes us afraid to speak. But now I'm wrong, is what she said. And I spoke to the students about it and I said, you're not alone. People see me and they automatically jump to a conclusion that I'm much more dangerous than I really am. They see me and they see a bloody grizzly bear ready to kill when in reality I'm just a big teddy bear ready to be hugged. So when people see me, they make a snap judgment. When people see me, they think that they know who I am and that they can suss me out. However, quite often those people are incorrect. And that is what we're going to talk about today. First impressions. So, where to? Where do we begin? Well, how often do you judge a book by its cover? How often do you judge a person by how they look? Or how often do you worry that people are judging you just after you've met them? According to psychology today, human beings are built to size each other up quickly. These first impressions are often influenced by a number of fa- by a number of factors including facial shape, your voice, how you look, and general emotional state. People tend to get attached to their initial impressions of others and they find it very difficult to change their opinion, even when presented with a lot of evidence to the contrary. Is that you? Are you one of these people? But as a result of all that, it is quite important for us to be aware of how one comes across to others during a first meeting. You know, everything from clothing to the style of clothing, to your posture, to conversational topics can um, can count towards making a good first impression. So, long story short, a first impression is the event when one person first encounters another person and forms a mental image of that person. And did you know it only takes about seven seconds for us to make a first impression. Seven seconds. If you don't fuck up in the first seven seconds, you should be okay. But in that seven seconds, what can you do 
that would give a positive first impression or what could you do that would give a negative first impression? Well, here's some questions to get us started. Question number one. When you look at a person, what makes you think they are dangerous, greedy, intelligent, kind, generous, or just fun to be around? Number two. Do you like to meet new people? Or do you prefer to hang out with people you already know? Number three. When and where did you meet most of your friends for the first time and how were the impressions? 4. Have you ever met someone who you hated right away even though you didn't know them? 5. When are the most important times to make a good first impression? 6. What are the best ways to make a good first impression? 7. Do you make first impressions based on what people wear? 8. Have you ever tried to make a great first impression but completely fucked it up? And number 9. I'm meeting my parents-in-law for the very first time tomorrow. I need some help in making a good first impression. Can you help me? So in this podcast, you're going to find ways to answer those questions using relevant vocabulary, all vocabulary related to first impressions. First, I'd like you to go back, listen to those questions again, and record an answer. Then... Listen to this podcast and answer the questions again using vocabulary from this episode. After that, the main idea is to compare your answers, say, before listening to the entire podcast and after listening to the entire podcast. But, um, yeah, let's just get into it. So, as I said earlier, It takes about seven seconds to make a first impression. We make snap judgments on people incredibly quickly. According to the research, we're more likely to trust a person with a baby face or give special preference to someone we we deem attractive or someone who has physical beauty, like me. In some cultures, Positive first impressions can be made by perceptions of intelligence and social status, whereas in other cultures, it's more to do with physical strength. Every culture is different, but one thing is true. We are not always correct with our first impressions. I'm going to read about 11 or 12 different sentences describing first impressions. And they're either going to be positive or negative. Your job is to identify the positives and the negatives. For example, number one. The new employee seems amiable, friendly and open to getting to know everyone else. 
is that positive or negative? This one is positive because I used positive adjectives and phrases. I said they're amiable. I said they're friendly and that they're open to getting to know everyone else. These are all positive. Amiable and friendly are extremely positive adjectives for a person's personality. Amiable. A-M-I-A-B-L-E. Amiable means that you are showing a good and friendly manner. You're projecting good and positive vibes to others. If you're not amiable, you have a negative and closed off body language. So I guess that's the first big adjective for today's podcast, amiable. So if you're open to getting to know others, you're saying that you want to get to know others and that means you're going to be sociable. So that was number one, and we know it's positive. Now all of these other sentences use different adjectives or phrases to describe people and to describe the first impressions. Listen out for them and then decide if it is a positive or a negative first impression. Number one. The new employee seems amiable, friendly and open to getting to know everyone else. Number two. Bob's new roommate seems to be really upbeat and likable. Three. When I met her ex-husband, he seemed pretty unfriendly with an aggressive demeanor. Four. Something about that guy's mannerisms seemed sneaky and suspicious to me. Five. When I met her, She came across as rude and stuck up. Six. I first met her husband six years ago. He ticked all the boxes at the time. There were no red flags. That's why it was a major surprise when he found out he had another family on the other side of the country. Seven. I just met my new housemate. They seemed a little, oh I don't know, like a little intense. They were telling me about the relationship and problems with their mother. I just met them. Shouldn't you be telling that to your therapist? 8. Martina is not really my cup of tea. I know I just met her the once, but she rubbed me the wrong way. 9. I hope my first impression of Johan is not wrong. I can usually read people fairly well. 10. He has a baby face. He smiles a lot. He wears fancy clothes. He kept telling me about his cars and houses and how much money he has. He came across as a bit of a stuck-up and vain dick frankly speaking. 11. As soon as she started talking about vaccines and politics, it was off-putting. I don't want to talk about that shit when I've just met you. Why does that have to be the focus of the conversation? 12. Then, he started to tell me about the problems between him and his husband, including their sex life, or lack thereof. TMI, man. I just met you. Okay. 
So did you identify if they were positive or negative? Do you need to listen again? If you do, go back. Otherwise, I'm going to read the answers in a moment. And then we're going to look at some of the key English in sentences 1 to 12 about first impressions. Are you ready? Here's the answers. 1. Positive. 2. Positive. 3, 4 and 5. Negative. 6. Positive. 7, 8. Negative. 9. Positive. 10, 11, 12. Negative, negative, negative. All right. So, now, we're going to look at some of the key English in numbers 1 to 12. So, what you could do is look at the transcript. Or you could go back and listen again and write down what you believe are some examples of key English. You know, English that you can use in your life, English that is new for you, or just high-level English. And um, yeah, so for the next part of the podcast, it's all about vocabulary related to first impressions. So let's take a look at all the adjectives that we got in those 12 different sentences. Amable, friendly, upbeat, likable, unfriendly, intense, fancy, stuck up and vain. Many, many good adjectives there. Now, we've already covered amable and friendly, and I'm guessing you know, or you can at least look up unfriendly, likable, fancy, and upbeat. Upbeat is actually an adjective that is commonly used to describe me. A lot of people say I'm quite the upbeat person. So, we're going to focus instead on stuck up, vain, and intense. So, to start, stuck up, extremely negative. Never a positive adjective for a person, like 100% negative. Never, ever, ever used in a positive way. Do you know someone who thinks they're better than everybody else? Like, not just better, but superior to everyone else. Someone who is proud and unfriendly because they think they're more important than others. Well, those motherfuckers are stuck up. Like a lot of adjectives, we often use this with different quantifiers. For example, I can't stand her. She is so stuck up. The children in that school are a bit stuck up. I don't want to hang out with them again. They're incredibly stuck up. He's a little stuck up. Not too much, but but just a tad. Any more and it's a problem. And of course, here are some other ways to use stuck up. Number one, they all said she was spoiled and stuck up. Two, it was quite stuck up of him to demand no one sit beside him on the plane. Three, she would be very friendly if she wasn't a stuck up cunt. Four, he thought he came across as a gentleman but he came across as an arrogant incel and stuck up. Some good, good vocabulary in those ones, especially number three and four. I'd advise you to check the transcript as there are some key words there for sure. So moving on from stuck up to vain, V-A-I-N. Not vain as in the thing in your body, vain the adjective. It's, um, yeah, it's a little similar to stuck up. Stuck up is certainly more negative, but vain is also not positive at all. 
Someone who's vain is too proud of their abilities, their position, or their beauty, for example. Someone who can't stop bragging about something that they are good at. And again, just like all the other adjectives, we use it with different types of quantifiers. For instance, she is very vain about her appearance. He's the vainest man I know. He has no reason to be so vain. So, stuck up, for me, would be more negative than vain. Vain is like you love yourself because you're fucking amazing in your eyes. Um, Think about the, um, what is it? The guy in Shrek. I forget his name in Shrek. In the original Shrek, the really small dude. He's incredibly vain. Anyways, that's a, that's a tangent. Back on track. Um, the last adjective that we're looking at in this little segment is intense. So, have you ever met someone who was very serious? Or had very strong feelings or opinions about something? Someone who spoke maybe about their feelings or their opinions just a little too much. You might say... They are quite intense, and it's generally negative. Like that person who you talk to. But when you talk to them, you know it's going to be a full-on conversation, not a relaxing one. If someone comes across as intense with a first impression, it is what you know it's going to be a sign that they're always going to be intense. You know, you can be intense about a particular topic, or just in general. So you might be really into something, like like golf. And when you meet a new person, you only want to talk about golf. Golf, 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 golf. Nothing else. Golf is great. I love golf. Do you like golf? Let's talk about golf. Did you see the golf the other day? And even if the other person doesn't play golf, you still want to talk about how great golf is. You are very intense. You are very intense about golf. Or another example. You may be really into something, like golf, and you really want to talk about it when you first meet someone, but you decide to not talk about it just then. That's probably positive, because you're not letting your intense love or passion consume the conversation. However, if you're really into something, and you only talk about that when you meet a new person, I'd say it's negative. It does not allow for the conversation to flow. You know, you kind of command the entire conversation and the other person can't really get a word in. So overall, an intense person is a person who is very passionate about something or everything they do. They feel and they show their emotions in a very extreme way. So here's a few examples. Number one. I met Ronan last night. He's pretty intense. He kept talking about the Lord of the Rings. He knows everything about it. Number two. Sarah's nice, but she's a little intense at times. She needs to chill. Maybe smoke a joint. Three. I can't believe Ali and Maria met. They are both very intense people. It'll be interesting to see how it goes. Four, I think I come across as too intense at times. 
I mean, sometimes I'm just very passionate, but I should probably dial it back a bit. Five. Johan is intense. It was hard to keep up with everything he was saying. I need a mental break. So there you go, folks. Just a couple of different examples with intense. So overall, with the adjectives from those um, positive or negative sentences, can you think of a person who is amable, friendly, upbeat, likable, unfriendly, intense, fancy, stuck up and are vain? What makes those people who they are? What has a person done that made you think they're stuck up or vain? What has a person done that made you think, wow, they're very upbeat and they're very amable. How do they behave that made you think that person is upbeat? And remember, if you want to remember these words, make relevant sentences related to your own life. So that was just a little bit about the different adjectives in the uh, example sentences of positive and negative first impressions. But now we're going to move on to nouns. So we all know a noun is a person, a place, or a thing. And for this podcast, I really just want to focus on two, two really cool nouns that were in those examples. And the first one is demeanor, and the second one is red flag. Actually, no, the first one is red flag and the second one is demeanor. So let's just start with red flag because it is so important. And it's one thing that we should all be aware of because a red flag is basically a warning. A warning that a person is not who they say they are. Not to be trusted or not reliable. A red flag is a warning that should be heeded. So what are some different red flags. Let's use the example of Mike. Mike is a man who lives in a city. Whenever Mike goes out, he meets assholes. He goes to the shop and there's an asshole shop clerk. He catches the bus, there's an asshole bus driver. He goes to the bar, there's an asshole server. He grabs a taxi home and there's an asshole taxi driver. When Mike goes out and tries to talk to people he's never met he always talks about the asshole bus driver the asshole shop clerk the asshole server the asshole taxi driver he tells you in detail about why the bus driver was an asshole he explains why he is in the right and the taxi driver was in the wrong well ladies and gentlemen and people this is a red flag They say that if you go out and consistently meet assholes, that they are not the problem you are. Sure, you can meet one or two assholes a day or a week or something like that, but if you meet an asshole on every corner or every bar you go to, then I got news for you. You the asshole, not everyone else. So when Mike starts talking about all these assholes he meets, it is a huge red flag. It is a huge warning sign. It is a red flag that's telling you Mike is the asshole. Not all these other people, they're great. So the red flag is telling you not to spend more time with Mike because he will eventually find a way to think that you are an asshole or something negative like that. So we've established that Mike is an asshole and that the way he always meets assholes is a red flag, a warning. So, 
Let's talk about another, another type of red flag. With the example of Maria. Maria is a woman who also lives in a city. And Maria is a cunt. Maria is a girl who has had many exes. When Maria meets a new person, she only talks about her exes. When Maria goes on a date, she wants to talk about how Brad, Michelle, or Mike, or any of her exes. She will always find a way to talk about an ex with a new person. She always talks about how crazy her ex-boyfriend or girlfriend was. She talks about how her ex-boyfriend is not actually over her. She finds a way to relate everything to her ex-girlfriend. It is a huge red flag, everybody. If a person only talks about their ex-partner, get out of there. They are not ready to move on. They are not ready to start afresh. They need more time and you will only be there to serve as a venting device. So if a person always talks about their ex, it's a red flag. If you meet assholes all day, every day, it is a red flag. So, naturally enough, I went online and I found some of some other examples of red flags according to the experts. And some of these I can relate to. Like, I've, I've witnessed it and I would say it's a red flag. So number one, they're rude to people in the service industry. Oh, I hate this one. It's a gigantic red flag for me. Why would you be rude to a server? They are literally just doing their job and you taking your anger out or being rude to a server? Not a good look. Huge red flag. Number two. Their dating profile does not match who they really are. Number three. If they suddenly get really angry or aggressive over something menial... You know, like not being able to control their temper? That's a huge red flag. Four. Someone who does not listen to you. You know, if a person talks at you instead of to you, and they consistently do that? Red flag. Five. You are hesitant to introduce this person to your friends. That was an interesting one. I never thought about that as a red flag, but it's a good one. Number six, they gaslight you. Gaslight. This is huge. This is one that has like come out a lot recently in terms of uh, manipulation. And gaslighting is emotional manipulation, where someone you trust twist reality making you doubt yourself so one you should look up because we could talk about it for days now number seven is another red flag is if a person shows signs of jealousy or possession possession that one stood out for me and i really like that one because i've seen that happen where it's a red flag on say a friend's partner or a new relationship where they're just too possessive so folks what are some red flags for you if you meet a new person what are some things that a person could say or do that is a red flag for you think back in your life can you identify any red flags from strangers you met in a bar in college in a restaurant on a bus or something like that Make a list of red flags. Here are some examples of red flag. Number one, 
Mike made a very bad impression. He displayed a lot of red flags. Number two, be careful with Charlie. He only talks about his ex-relationships. It's a pretty big red flag. Three, then he said that Hitler had a point if there was ever a bigger red flag. Four, I can't believe he was rude to the server. He shouted at them. That's a huge red flag there. Will not be a second date. Five. I think Claire's new girlfriend has a few red flags. Did you see how she got angry when there was no ice left? Yeah, she can't control her anger. Alright. Well, that's a lot of talk about red flags. So let's move on. Um, Let's listen to number six again. When I met her husband... When I met her ex-husband, he seemed pretty unfriendly with an aggressive demeanor. Demeanor. So that's the key word here. Demeanor. D-E-M-E-A-N-O-R. Demeanor. And uh, here's some examples with the word demeanor to try and give you some context. Number one. When you mention Polly's ex-husband, her entire demeanor changed. Number two, her demeanor changed after she had a few drinks. She was really quiet at first, but then she got way more sociable. Number three, you need to show a professional demeanor at a job interview. Number four, he has an aggressive demeanor. I don't think I want to spend too much time with him. Number five. He has a very quiet and reserved demeanor. Number six. He has a sleazy demeanor. I don't think we can trust him. So listen back to those numbers one to six. And listen to the way demeanor is used. And listen to the context. Like number two is a pretty good example of how demeanor is used. So number two is her demeanor changed after she had a few drinks. She was really quiet at first, but then she got way more sociable. So I think that's pretty applicable because there's a lot of people in the world like that. And their demeanor will change with alcohol. And if you get alcohol into your system, you might feel a little more upbeat, a little more confident or extroverted or something like that. And so in this case here, she had a few drinks and before she had the drinks, she was quiet. Her demeanor was quiet. And then after her demeanor was way more sociable. So demeanor, folks, is kind of like how you present yourself. You know, a demeanor is when a person behaves and or speaks in a certain way. So an aggressive demeanor is when a person behaves and or speaks in a very aggressive way. A reserved demeanor is when a person behaves and or speaks in a very calm and reserved way. A person who is soft-spoken and not loud or boisterous would have a reserved demeanor. It's who they are. So I looked up a couple of different uh, collocations, so like adjectives plus demeanor, and I'm just going to list a couple of them off for you. A professional demeanor, 
an aggressive demeanor, a kind and welcoming demeanor, a childish demeanor, a strange demeanor, a sleazy demeanor, a quirky demeanor, an introverted or extroverted demeanor, and the last one, a gregarious demeanor. That's a fancy adjective. I bet you haven't heard that one. Maybe you might have, but you definitely don't hear it too often. Gregarious. Gregarious. G-R-E-G-A-R-I-O-U-S. And it means you enjoy the company of others. You are a people's person. So, everyone, that was a deep dive into two beautiful nouns that were used to describe first impressions. Red, flag, and demeanor. Great ones. All right, we are now going to take a look at phrases and idioms in those ex- sentence, in those sentences. And the sentences were numbers 6, 8, and 12. And the phrases and idioms that we're going to look at are tick all the boxes, cup of tea, rub the wrong way, and T-M-I. All right. So, let's say you're looking to date a person. You have a few desires or wants in a partner. So you decide to write down a few things that you would like in a person, in a partner. You make a list. For example, in a partner, you want them to be kind, generous, down to earth. You may want them to have a stable job or be good with finances. Perhaps you want someone who is into the great outdoors or someone who's into gaming. Someone who's old and going to die soon, but also very rich. Or perhaps you're just looking for someone who has rich parents. And then one night, you're out in a bar. And you get chatting to some person at the bar. And you find out what they're into. You find out that they're generous. You find out that they're down to earth. You find out they have a stable job. They're ticking some boxes for you. And when they tick a box, it's something good. There is something good about them. If they tick all the boxes, they have... Or they are everything you want in a partner. If they tick some of the boxes, there are pros and cons to this person, but maybe it's not a deal breaker. And if they tick no boxes, well, you're not going to get along with them at all. So for you, what are some boxes that must be ticked with a potential partner? For me, when I was single... There was no way I would date someone who wasn't into the mountains or hiking. That, for me, was a must-tick box. For you, what are some optional boxes that can be ticked, but it's not terrible if they're not ticked? And, you know, we can also use this phrase or idiom for, for projects, ideas, or places. Oh, this restaurant ticks all the boxes. It has food that everyone can enjoy. So to tick all the boxes, someone is perfect. To tick some of the boxes, not bad. To tick no boxes, get the fuck away from me, basically. All right. Uh, Another quick one that we had is TMI. Uh, Long story short, T 
too much information used as a response to an inappropriate disclosure of personal information or used as a reaction to an overload of information. You know, we usually use this when someone shares too much personal information with you. You didn't need to hear something. Someone talking about their sex life or something related to health could be seen as TMI, too much information. Keep it to yourself. So what can be classified as TMI? It, It really depends on you. Everyone is different and every culture is different. So look up examples of TMI on Urban Dictionary and you'll probably see some pretty accurate ones, I'm guessing. All right, and the last uh, idiom that we're going to look at is to rub the wrong way. It's pretty good. Have you ever just gotten bad vibes from a person? Like, have you ever met someone And you're not 100% sure why, but you don't like them or you don't trust them? Have you ever met someone who says something that you really don't agree with? Something that you find repulsive? If you answered yes to any of these questions, you have met someone who rubs you the wrong way. Someone who gives you the creeps. Someone who makes you feel uncomfortable and you know you will not get along with them. For example, number one. He rubbed me the wrong way yesterday. I didn't like him. He said some pretty controversial things and I don't think I'll be spending too much time with him. Number two. The president rubs me the wrong way. I don't think I'd ever be able to vote for him. Number three. His attitude often rubs me the wrong way. I don't like working with him. And number four. Something seemed off. He rubbed me the wrong way. So there you go, folks. Some beautiful phrases and idioms. Tick all the boxes, rub the wrong way, TMI. I did not talk about cup of tea, but I'm getting tired. So look it up. There you go. Independent learning, we shall call it. Okay, so now we're going to take a turn and have a look at just some of the phrasal verbs that came up in there. And we'll actually look at a verb as well. So we'll start off with the phrase to read a person. So think of things that you can read. You know, you can read books, newspapers, magazines, ingredients, anything like that. Emails, text messages, postcards. And people. We can also read people. When you can read a person, you're able to identify who they are and what they're going to do without them needing to say anything at all. You are able to take a look at them and know something about them without them saying anything at all. It's a feeling you get from looking at a person and observing the way they stand, the way they talk, the way they move, the way they look around, the general way they hold themselves. You're Sherlock motherfucking Holmes and you can read a person. There's a cultural reference for you, Sherlock Holmes. Great movies, we'll give them a watch. So, the first one, to read a person. To really just understand a person without them doing or saying anything. Now, number two is a phrasal verb, which is to come across as. You know, when you make a first impression, you don't want to come across as aggressive, obsessive, nasty, or rude. 
People will always remember you if you come across as anything like that. When you come across as something, you're making a particular impression on another person. If a person comes across as generous, they seem to be generous. If a person comes across as rude, they seem to be rude. They give you a reason to think they are rude. Listen to these examples. Number one, he came across as a quiet and introverted man. He didn't really talk to anyone and he just kept to himself. But after getting to know him, he's pretty extroverted. Two, he came across as quite arrogant. I don't think I want to spend more time with him. Number three, Johan always comes across as creepy He needs to stop texting every person he meets so much. As soon as he gets a person's number, he won't stop messaging them. He's not creepy, but he comes across as creepy. Number four. If you have a job interview, it's important to come across as professional. So listen back to those numbers one to four and see if you can identify exactly how come across can be used, and can you make a sentence about yourself or a first impression using it? Now here's some questions to help you remember the phrasal verb and the verb. Number one, do you worry about how you come across to others? Number two, do you have any advice for coming across positively to strangers? Number three, do you know someone that originally came across as negative, but in the end were quite positive. Number four. If a person comes across as arrogant, what advice would you have for them to not come across as arrogant? Five. Are you good at reading people? Six. Are you easy to read? Or is it difficult for a person to read you? Is it difficult to get a read on you? That's using it as a noun, to get a read on a person. Number seven. What jobs would be good for a person who is able to read another person easily? Number eight. If you want to read a person, what do you look out for? So there you go. Some things about read and come across as. You want to come across as positive and you don't want someone to read you and make a uh, false assumption about you. Okay, folks. So, I mean, I guess I should probably teach you some phrases for leaving on a positive note. You know, when you're going to say goodbye to a person that you just met, it's probably good. And like, this is all part of the first impression is leaving a good first impression. So when you're leaving, you have a couple of choices. You could try the Irish goodbye, which is where you don't tell anyone you're leaving. You just go. So everyone's just hanging out and someone turns around and is like, where's Ronan gone? Ronan went home 20 minutes ago. He just snuck out the back or something. That's an Irish goodbye. But here's a couple of phrases that you can use when you're leaving if you want to make a good first impression when you're saying goodbye number one hey johan it was great to meet you hope to see you soon number two it's been a pleasure we'll speak soon number three okay i'm off it was nice meeting you all chat to you soon four 
Take care, folks. Five. All right. I'm out of here. It was nice meeting y'all. Obviously, the intonation would be a bit different. Even if it wasn't a pleasure meeting them, even if someone was a cunt, you may as well just leave on a positive note. So, those are some phrases you can use for leaving on a positive note with people you've just met. Oh boy, that was a lot to talk about. But, but that's it. And that, everybody, is that. The aim of this podcast was to teach you English all about first impressions. I think I'll do another one with actual, like, guide you through a first impression. So sorry if that's what you were looking for with this one. Well done if you have listened this far. Um, Because it is an extra long podcast today. Let me know. Too long? Too short? Just right? I'd love to hear some feedback. Hit me up on Telegram or something like that. Um... So yeah, the aim of this podcast was to teach you some key phrases, advanced adjectives, nouns, phrasal verbs, idioms, and all of that jazz related to first impressions. So what, one thing you should do now is revisit the questions at the start of the podcast. Question number one, when you meet a person, what makes you think there's someone you would get along with? Number two, when you meet a person, what makes you think there's someone you would not get along with? Number three, have you ever met someone and hit it off with them right away? Four, what tips or advice do you have for making a good first impression? Five, for you, what is important in a person when making a first impression? Number six, have you ever had a good first impression of someone that turned out to be wrong? And number seven, when you're leaving just after meeting a person for the very first time, what can you say to make a good goodbye? So you should try to answer those questions using the key English from this podcast. Anyways, folks... My name's Ronan. This is the Little Seal English Podcast. Check out all my social media channels. Instagram, Telegram, TikTok, YouTube. No MySpace. There's an old one if anyone remembers it. But uh, please do share the podcast as always. Transcripts are available, but maybe they are. I'm not sure. I shouldn't have said that. (laughs) Um, But if you go to uh, www.little... No. Oh my God. Excuse me. Ah, it's all unraveling at the end. If you go to www.buymeacoffee.com slash little seal, that will bring you to my shop. And that will bring you to places where I'm selling things. So please check it out. The support would be amazing. There are some transcripts there. There's uh, a course up there right now, actually. So I'm very excited. I'll do another podcast about that. But overall, folks, that is um, what's happening right now. So buy me a coffee slash little seal. Folks, I hope you're well. Hope you have a great one and stay tuned for more. Bye.